This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 1250 AM The Fan Studios, and follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Normally, we have Nathan Marzian uh, with us. Uh, He has other previous commitments here on a Thursday. So in his place, the guy that you all just get mad at all the time about everything you get. You get mad at him for everything. He wakes up in the morning, you yell at him. He is Gary Wolf. We'll follow him on Twitter. At Gary Wolfel, G E R Y Wolfel, longtime guy of the Racine Journal Times, longtime insider for WSSP over the uh, course of time, uh, and uh, now has his own website, uh, right? Wolfelspressbox.com. Plus, he's a contributor for Lindy Sports Magazine. Uh, and aren't you writing a book too? I heard rumor of Gary Wolfel. Is that true? That is true. Your, your sources are impeccable as usual. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're about yeah, to they, right uh, a gentleman named Roland Lazenby, who I uh, consider the foremost writer in the country. He's written books on uh, Michael Jordan. You heard of him, right? Oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. They're all New York Times bestsellers. And uh, he contacted me a couple of years ago and asked if I wanted to uh, hop on board with him and write a book on Magic Johnson. So we're doing a, a biography on, on Johnson. And uh, we wrapped it up. Oh, gosh, maybe about two, three weeks ago, and it should be available probably in the next month or so. But, uh, Steve, you're going to need a crane to take it off the uh, bookshelf. It, it's it's massive. <laughs> I can imagine. I've been working on it forever. So, yeah, I can't wait to see how, how this one turns out. Looking forward to checking that one out. Uh, all right, Gary. So it's been a while, obviously, since uh, we have talked back to the days of the sports junkies. Uh, in racing, where we used to yell and scream at each other about the Packers and the and the we Bucks. did and every, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know it's hard to believe you and I yelling at each other on the air. We yelled at each other, podcast, so forth. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Uh, I said by the end of last year, I felt like this team was kind of old and slower, um, and, and they needed a way to kind of try and figure this out to get a little bit younger. Uh, obviously, you had a couple of draft picks. Uh, you make a move from Malik Beasley. 
Um, and you try to become a little bit more athletic uh, than you were in the past. But for the most part, relatively the same team as they had last year, uh, coming back again this year. But the last two seasons, they haven't been healthy in the playoffs. Two years ago, it was Middleton. Last year, it was Giannis. In that series against the Heat, missing, what, two and a half games that cost them as well. For you, what's the key for the Bucks this year uh, if they're going to make a run like everybody has been expecting the last two years? Well, I, I think you nailed it. It's health without a doubt. I mean, um, you know, they can ill afford an injury to Lopez. They can ill afford an injury to Middleton. And, and God knows, uh, it goes without saying, <laughs> they can ill afford an injury to Giannis. Um, they, they don't have a lot of depth. I, I think they have two or three guys that are pretty solid. But, uh, you know, that team is so connected, those three, that if, if one of the links of the chain breaks, uh, I think they're in trouble, Steve. Well, again, they can't afford to lose any one of the big three, but I think you can say that for most of the teams in the NBA for their three best players. If they lose one or True. two of those guys, True. you know, they're, they're going to have problems. I think we all agree on that. Giannis and that knee, uh, not – uh, going to be playing in the World Cup or whatever they call that thing, uh, which is great news, I think, if you're a Bucks fan because you didn't want him risking injury. I think it's uh, disappointing, uh, probably a little heartbreaking for Giannis. He doesn't get to play for Greece because that is something he enjoys doing and loves doing uh, at the end of the day. Anything to be worried about, do you think, with this knee injury with, with Giannis kind of going forward where this could be a reoccurring thing? Or do you think once we get past this, we should be good to go? Well, I'll tell you what uh... – as you well know, we, we did this or had this conversation on the many a post-game show over the years yep. about Giannis's knee. I, I remember going back five, six years ago, and after a game, he was headed to the showers, and, and he looked like he was older than me. <laughs> I, I mean, the guy was limping, and it, it didn't look good. And, uh, you know, he's had to deal with that knee injury ever since. Um, I mean, if you're the Bucks and you're Jamie Dynan and Wes Edens and Jimmy Haslam, I don't care what the issue is. He's not playing, period. I mean, they, they got such a heavy investment in him. Uh, when, when you're paying a guy, you know, around, what is it, $44 million, whatever, whatever he's going to make this year. Um, you know, if I'm, a, I'm an owner, it's just too big of a risk, you know? So... I, I'm sure he has a knee injury, but uh, I believe it's a relatively minor one. Yeah, and he'll be fine, hopefully, at the end of the day. You know, the, the other thing uh, about this uh, concerning the Milwaukee Bucks, I guess, going forward is what the rest of the Eastern Conference kind of looks like at this point. You have the James Harden fiasco going on in Philadelphia now. Now he's talking about maybe he's going to go play in China because they really love him over there. Uh, but he's not going to play, you know, for the 76ers uh, and Daryl Morley going forward, which whatever. That, that By is the way, did is. you see uh, uh, McHale's comments on Harden today? No. He, he blasted him. He said basically that's the reason why they get, he got fired. And Harden, he, Harden, Harden and him didn't get along in Houston. He came into camp vastly overweight. Oh, he was uh, horrible, over horribly overweight. Everybody remembers how bad he was when he came into camp. Yeah. Yeah, and Mikhail goes, that was planned. <laughs> yeah, if it was planned, you know, it obviously speaks volumes about uh, James Harden. Right, so that, that leads you to believe, I wonder if that will happen again now, if they're going to make him play in Philadelphia. Will he come in 
out of shape for Philadelphia too to get his butt traded or moved somewhere else. But looking at the Eastern Conference, it's still Boston, and I think it's still Milwaukee. Those are are, are still the top two teams. And then you know you got some of the young up and comers. Uh, that took a step last year, like the Cavaliers, uh, you know, after they got Mitchell, they look like a young team that could pose some problems maybe uh, in the future. I don't know if it's this year, but this Bucks team is operating pretty much on a two-year window at this point uh, to try and get this thing done before seemingly the, the big four uh, contracts are all up at almost virtually the exact same time, Gary. Yeah, I, I would throw Miami into the mix, Steve. Um, and I, I would definitely throw Miami as the favorite if they get Damon Willard, obviously Damian Willard. And uh, when I was out at the uh, NBA Summer League in July, I mean, I, I'm telling you, everybody in the NBA that I talked to thought it was a done deal at that point. I mean, it was that close. So I'm not sure what the uh, issues are at this point, but if Miami gets Damian Willard, man, I'll tell you what, they are really, really going to be good. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what has to be given up. I think there's a good chance that Lillard and Harden both are playing on their respective teams that they're currently on when the season starts, that neither one of them get traded, and Lillard's playing in Portland and Harden's playing in Philly because I feel like the GMs in the NBA are saying enough is enough. And we're not going to get bullied and pushed around into having to trade our star players because they don't want to be here anymore. And if yeah, we're not going to get you, a bridge truck, Steve, Steve you've been around long enough. You know, if that, that doesn't work. If players, you know, don't get their way, they're going to rebel. And what are they going to do, Gary? Huh? This is the thing. But, Gary, what are they going to do? So, Lillard, you're not going to come play in Portland? All right, stay home and watch. I got. I've got a young team anyhow, so we'll get a better draft pick if you don't show up. And but, but the city those, of Portland, are, those, those are stars, Steve. You know, I mean, if it, it would I don't be, care, it'd be why would I to, care? It would be akin to Giannis saying, "Hey, I don't know if I'm going to play." How many Bucks fans do you think wouldn't show up <laughs> if if Giannis didn't show Gary, up? Gary, but but hold on a second here. The Lillard situation is a complete rebuild right now in Portland. They got Scoot his Correct. replacement. They got it all set up. So if he says he doesn't want to play, if I'm Portland, cool then I'm going to get another great lottery pick. I don't have to slow down my progression of Scoot. He's going to get to go out there and play right away. These Portland fans are going to turn on Lillard because he's not showing up and playing. He's going to tarnish everything he's built out there. And right now, he's on a huge pedestal in Portland. Everybody loves Damian Lillard in Portland. Love and worship Damian Lillard. If if you're Portland and you can get Tyler Hero and let's say three or four Ah, Tyler Hero. Who cares about Tyler Hero? I don't care about. Wait, I, don't, Steve, I wouldn't they, want Tyler Hero. No oh, thanks. Steve, Steve, no Steve, way. Steve. No. Oh, and that's what Portland's saying. Portland's saying oh, we're good. We don't need Tyler Hero. Let somebody else take him. And that's the holdup. Nobody apparently wants to get in with Tyler Hero's contract the, the, and the his kid, value. The kid is get. The kid is getting a totally bad rap. He's a damn good player. And uh, you know what? I vividly I, I remember the last two years prior to the All Star uh, selections. I had Tyler Hero being on the Eastern Conference or, or on the All-Star team. and But, of course, they went with Bam one year and uh, Jimmy Butler the other. And, uh, you know, it, the guy's a good player. No, I, not, I not there. I'm not it. a fan. Um, yeah, here, here's, here's another statement in defense of Tyler Hero. Who played more minutes per game for the Heat last year than Tyler Hero? Nobody. Nobody. And Eric Spolster is not going to keep a guy on the floor for 30-plus minutes hey, listen, you can play. So if, Tyler I, I Hero is shooting, if Tyler Hero is shooting the ball well, he's great. 
And when Tyler Bra- Hero isn't shooting the ball well, he's still shooting the ball. So that's that's part of my rap on him. He's just, to me, he's not that guy yet. He's just not. Can he get to oh, be that guy in three or four years? Maybe. But if but I'm he, Portland, he's not a franchise player, obviously not, but he's a very good player. He, to me, he'll be very, as good as Drew Holiday. He'll be as good as Chris Middleton or better. Okay. Now, okay. Hold on a second. Is he worth the money he got paid? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think the rest of the NBA agrees because if the rest of the NBA agreed, there'd be a third team right now going, we'll take Tyler Hero. Hell yes. We'll take him. I don't yeah. see that third team stepping up wanting to take Hero's contract. You know, and I still think it's going to go down before training camp. But do you remember years ago when the Bucks uh, traded Brandon Jennings to Detroit? Yes. Well, I was out in Las Vegas and I broke the story that Jennings was going to be moved to Detroit for Brandon Knight. I, I forgot all the specifics. And July goes, still no trade. August goes, still no trade. Well, the trade was eventually made, right? Yep. Sometimes these trades don't happen overnight. Maybe not. And maybe this eventually happens. I'm just saying I'm not getting pushed around as a GM or an owner by a star player that wants out. Sure, I'll try and trade you, but I'm going to get as close to fair value as possible. I'm not just going to trade you just to trade you. like Because at the end of the day, I'm going to lose my job if I screw this whole thing up. I know you're all about you, but as a GM, you got to be all about you too and protecting your own your own job security at this point. Giannis would well, love to play with Damian Lillard, I'm sure. It, and I'm it, sure it, Damian Lillard like would love Lillard's to play with Giannis. He's not a kid anymore, Steve, either. I mean, he's, what, 33, as I recall, something like that. Yeah, he's older, yep. Yeah, so I mean, theoretically, he's maybe got two really good years left in him. Plus, he's got an outrageous contract. Uh, the team that takes him on is is taking a gamble. So, but if not, if you're Miami, you know what you have. You have exactly. an old Jimmy Butler, it, it, and you have an old Damian Lillard to go with a young Bam Adebayo. Uh, and now, is that enough? You know, how deep will they be once they give up all these assets in order to get Damian Lillard? You know, that's the other thing. Just like over there in Phoenix. Who cares? They're surrounded by a bunch of run-of-the-mill players. I mean, they they can plug in those. It's it's all about stars, and they would have three stars. So, Yeah, I don't know. I'm not as sold necessarily. And the other thing about the Heat is they've never been a great regular season team. They haven't. For whatever the reason with Jimmy Butler, they've never been that, that great of a regular season team. It's always been come playoff time, that's when Jimmy turns it on uh, and starts playing ball, you know, the way Jimmy Butler's capable of playing ball. I don't feel like Jimmy Butler is doing that throughout the rest of the year, whether it's load management, whether it's just, you know, time taking games off and kind of going through the motions. But when it's a big game and he wants to win it, then you see the real Jimmy Butler, you know, game in and game out. I don't feel like you see that all the time. And with Giannis, he brings it every single night, game in and game out. And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, separates him from so many other teams and why the Bucs normally have a really good record because their star player is playing hard every single night. Let's talk about this uh, NBA schedule with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, that yeah, just came and, out. And that's been. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, just getting back to Lillard. I mean, I, I was just going to say that that's what distinguishes the great teams from the good teams. Though your superstars do show up, you know, and uh, it's it's been that way forever. I mean, going back to Kareem, going back to Michael Jordan, those guys play seventy-eight to eighty-two games, you know. So uh, yeah, no, I, I'm a Lillard, Lillard fan, and if he uh, ends up in the Heat, my money's going down in the Heat. That, that, that's fine. I'll take your money. All right. So here. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here is uh, the Bucks opening schedule just released before we started the podcast uh, today on Thursday. Bucks open at home against the Sixers who we were just talking about. Harden, will he be there or won't he be there? That game's on TNT at 6.30 tip on October 26th. That goes into Halloween weekend. Then they play Sunday night at home against Atlanta and their first uh, back-to-back Monday night home against Miami. So right off the bat, they get three playoff teams or projected playoff teams at home, home against Philly, Atlanta, and Miami. How do we like that start to the season for the Milwaukee Bucks, Gary? Well, I I think it's going to be a daunting start for the Bucks and, and You know, we're talking about trades yet. I'm not convinced Atlanta's not done. And I think they're going to build around, obviously, Trey Young and Murray. And uh, the speculation, you know, from all summer was that they they want Siakam. And I heard that trade was close. I mean, it's just unbelievable how close some of these trades are, but they haven't gone down. But let's say if Atlanta brings in Siakam, that's a pretty pretty good team. And then they get some really nice young players, you know, to complement them. Now, you know, are they on the same level as the Bucks or the Celtics or the Heat? Uh, of course not. But uh, they're, they're going to be, you know, vastly improved. All right, let's look at November. Now, this, again, it's early. The Bucks are going to be good. Let's not set off any alarms like, oh, no, the season's going to be over in November. No. But as far as toughness goes, Bucks have 10 road games in November to six home games in November. I mean, they're on the road Every single week of the month, uh, they're on the road. Uh, November 1st in Toronto. Then they come back for an ESPN game against the Knicks on November 3rd, a 6.30 tip. The next week, three of their four games are on the road. The week after that, two of four are on the road. The week after that, two of three are on the road. And the week after that, two of four are on the road. I mean, they spend the most most of the month of November on the road. All are Midwest or East Coast games for the Bucks in the month of November. You've got road games against Toronto, Brooklyn, Indiana, Orlando, Toronto again, Charlotte, Washington, Boston, uh, November 22nd. That's an ESPN game, uh, the night of the 22nd. That's the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, and then at Miami uh, on the 28th, another uh, game on TNT. Uh, and then at the Bulls, there's a last road game in November, uh, on November 30th. You followed the NBA for a long time. My analysis is anytime a Midwest team ends up on a trip out east or in the Midwest, it doesn't seem to have the same effect as when they go to the West Coast. Yeah, that's true. You know, the uh, the, the good thing for the Bucks. I mean, if you believe in the old adage that 
teams tend to bond more when they go on the road. Uh, I think this is perfect for the Bucks. Um, you know, with the new coach, Adrian Griffin, uh, there, there's going to be a transition period. And, uh, you know, what I, I, I'm very curious about, Steve, is, is, is Griffin going to tweak the system or is he going to make some major changes? And uh, A lot of switching, I think, Gary. A lot of switching on defense. Yeah, I know that was talked about from day one, and I'm not so sure if that's that's a good thing with this team. Like you said, it's kind of an older team, and uh, I will say this for Budenholzer. I know I know he's had his share share of critics, but to me, he optimized the talents of every one of his players and and how he played Brook Lopez for yeah. instance, you know, yep. things like that. But uh, going back to my original thought about the transition. You know, they, they got to get to know Adrian Griffin, his personality, his tendencies as a coach, and uh, he's got to win them over in those first couple months. And uh, I think those road trips uh, could come in pretty handy. Okay, so now let's talk about uh, the month of December. This is where it gets fun. The first week, full week in December, December 4th, uh, through the 9th, is all that in-season tournament, quarterfinals, semifinals, uh, and championship game, which is on December 9th. Now, the semifinals and the championship game are in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile uh, Arena in Vegas. So if they end up getting that far, uh, they'll be in Vegas. If they're not there, then there's a whole formula of who they would actually play if they get eliminated early in this thing, mm-hmm. uh, and whether they'd be on the home or the away or however that whole thing works. So that's I have no idea how that works. Once that tournament week is done, then they come back, get this, with six straight home games from December 11th through December 21st, over 10 days, they don't leave Milwaukee. Home games against the Bulls, day off, Pacers, two days off, Pistons and Houston back-to-back, 16th and 17th a weekend in Detroit, day off, then the Spurs, another day off, then Orlando, another day off, and then they take off uh, for a uh, road trip of four games after that. But that there is a big, big stretch right there leading up to Christmas where they get pretty much two weeks to sit at home in Milwaukee and kind of chill, run practices, and have home games. Well, they have two weeks of exhibition games. That'd be nice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, they, they, they should, you know, clean up on every one of those teams, right? They should. Yes, they should go 6-0 I mean, you know, in that there, stretch. Yeah. There's not one team in that group you're going to say, my goodness, they're they're a legitimate playoff contender. I mean, all of them are basically, you know, uh, bottom tier teams. So, I mean, that could be a big stretch. I mean, if if they do run the table or come close to running the table, that's going to build confidence. And uh, again, that could be a real good thing for the Bucks. Yeah, no doubt. And then after that, they go on a little East Coast trip, East Coast Midwest, um, with uh, and this is I don't like this this part here, and I, I'm sure the NBA does it for a reason. But both their road games against the Knicks are over Christmas weekend. So you play on the 23rd in New York, 1130 start. Then you have off on Christmas Eve, and then you're playing in New York again on Christmas Day on ESPN at 11 o'clock start time. So Christmas will be in New York for the Milwaukee Bucks coaches and players uh, and so forth. Uh, And they'll be there probably, what, Friday they'll fly in? So they'll be there from the 22nd to the afternoon or early evening of the 25th until they fly out for their next game in Brooklyn, which is a hop, skip, and a jump. They take a plane from New York to Brooklyn if they don't bus it. 
Yeah, Steve, uh, if you were Giannis, where would you rather spend your uh, holiday season, in Oklahoma City, Memphis, or New York? Greece. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, after Brooklyn, then they go to Cleveland to end that short little jaunt. Then New Year's Day, they're back at home against the Pacers, a New Year's Day night game. 7 o'clock tip against the Pacers on New Year's Day at 5 or 4. I'm not quite Steve, sure. That, that, that's my uh, dark horse for making the playoffs. Pacers? Yeah, I, I, I mean, you start out with their coach. Carlisle's, you know, got to be one of the top six coaches in the league, and Halliburton's really good, and they, they made some uh, nice pickups during the summer. I, I think the pickup of Bruce Brown wasn't big. It was huge, and I, I think it makes the uh, Pacers, you know, a formidable team. There are some stretches here uh, that could get interesting uh, for the Bucks. Uh, when we start talking about um, there's a stretch – of three home games, the January 11th, the 13th, and the 14th, where you're home against Boston, Golden State, and Sacramento, uh, three wow. and four days. That could be an interesting stretch. That, that that's awesome. I mean, if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm getting tickets for every one of those games. Uh, you know, especially Sacramento. I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think Sacramento is the most exciting team in the NBA. I mean, they they led the league in scoring last year and. Uh, kind of reminds me of those old ABA days where you just run and gun, and they're good. I, I, I think people are, you know, saying last year was a fluke, uh, but I, I think they're legit. I, I think they got a, a real chance to uh, come out of the West. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And then again, what, another one of these scheduling things that just drive me nuts, and I don't know if other teams' schedules look like this, but then after that stretch, they have a game on the 17th in Cleveland, then two days off in Detroit on a Saturday. They stay in Detroit on Sunday, play another game in Detroit on Monday night. Then they come home. They play Cleveland again a week from when they just played them on Wednesday at home, a day off. And then they play Cleveland again on the 26th at home. So you play the same two teams. Well, Cleveland, you play three times in a matter of nine days. And you know what? Maybe somebody can ask Monty Williams why he didn't take the Bucks job. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. Do you want to get into that, or are we going to save that for a later date? We could save that for a later date. Maybe when we get into the season and they take on the Bucks. <laughs> um, so, but that's interesting, right? Cleveland three times in like nine days. I don't like that if I'm Cleveland. I don't want to see this Bucks team that no, much I, in that you short know time. What? I mean, in, in the old days, I shouldn't even say the old days, up until, I don't know, five years ago. They had a gentleman in New York that put out the schedule. Now they do it, of course, by computer. Right. But can you imagine, talk about daunting task of putting together an NBA schedule? I mean, this guy was unbelievable. A guy named Matt Winnick. And uh, he should go into the Hall of Fame for just doing that. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, because you think of all these stadiums, they have concerts coming in and out or have minor yeah. league teams in the stadiums with the pro teams and how that whole thing works. Yeah, no no doubt. Then the Bucks go on their first West Coast trip of the year, the first of two. Then it's January 29th at Denver, the 31st at Portland, February 3rd at Dallas, February 4th at Utah, February 6th at Phoenix. So they'll be on the road there for about almost 10 days uh, road trip there with five games spread out over those days involving Denver, Portland, Dallas, Utah, and Phoenix on that road trip. That's a that's a good challenge. Uh, you know, uh, one of the individuals I had a long conversation with uh, at the summer league was Will Hardy, Utah's coach. Yep. 
And Steve, I don't know if I ever walked away more impressed after an interview with a first uh, first year coach. He had one year now. Than Will Hardy, I can see why the Celtics hated losing him. Um, I think he's got Utah on the right track, along with Danny Ainge, of course. I mean, the guy's you know a mastermind. But that that that's a good stretch. And you, like you said, Phoenix. I, I think some people are already uh, coordinating the Suns to be the NBA champions. And yeah, that that's going to be again. I hate to say it, but a daunting task. I think the toughest month of their schedule, in my opinion, is March. Uh, they open up the first uh, against the or at Chicago. That won't be as, as bad. But then they come back on Monday the fourth against the Clippers. And then they start another West Coast trip after that. Wednesday the sixth at Golden State. Friday the eighth at the Lakers. Sunday the tenth at the Clippers. Tuesday the twelfth at the Kings. Back home on the fourteenth for a game against Philly. A game against Phoenix at home on the seventeenth. On the road at Boston on the twentieth. Back home against Brooklyn on the 21st, home against Oklahoma City on the 24th, home against the Lakers on the 26th, at the Pelicans on the 28th, at the Hawks on the 30th. That is, again, a daunting task. That's a tough (laughs) month, man. That is a tough month. It it is. And, you know, again, uh, you feel sorry for this schedule maker of the computer, but that's maybe the beauty of the NBA today. There's not any exceptional teams, great teams like you saw years ago, but there's a lot of good teams, and there are not that many bad teams. Right. You know what I mean? Teams that you just walk in and say, okay, it's an automatic W. There's, what, maybe two or three left? Yeah. I mean, it really is. And, again, as we've gone month by month on this schedule, download the Green and Growing Podcast on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast at streaming this live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page like we always do. Nathan Marzian off today. Gary Wolfel uh, doing his deal, filling in for Nathan Marzian. Just went over March. Now let's get to April. Uh, this is the last month, half a month before the playoffs start at Washington. Then they get five straight home games, which I think is a nice little uh, benefit for them. Home against Memphis on the third. John Morant will be back by that point, I think, uh, if he doesn't get in more trouble. Uh, Then home against the Raptors on the fifth. The Knicks on the seventh. Boston on the ninth. That'll be a big game if they're playing for something. Orlando on the tenth. All five of those home games. Then they end the season in Oklahoma City on Friday the 12th. And their last game is at Orlando on the 14th. And that is your Bucks schedule for 23-24. Couple of tough stretches. Uh, a couple of favorable uh, home stretches where they're home for quite some time uh, on the schedule as well. Uh, but March is going to be a big month. They need to be healthy going into March. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, and you know what? By that time, you could maybe see three Wisconsin products on the court for the Wizards. I, I mean, we're talking about Johnny Davis from Wisconsin, right? Patrick Baldwin from the University of Milwaukee. And uh, Jordan Poole, who, you know, was born and raised and grew up in Milwaukee and got uh, uh, traded by Draymond Green over the summer. So Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that, that's going to be an interesting group. I, I, I think they're in for a long, long season. But, but again, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how those three kids from Wisconsin fare. Yeah, I agree with you uh, on that as well. So there is your schedule. Uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks this year. And again, they end up uh, with quite a few uh, nationally televised games uh, this year as well. Uh, when you go over the whole thing, uh, let me see here the the number that they put out as far as how many nationally televised games they have overall. Uh, 19 of the Bucks' regular season games Wait, are slated to be nationally to televised here. on ABC, ESPN, and TNT this season. Um, of course, including Christmas Day, the Bucks will mark the Bucks' sixth consecutive year. The Bucks will play on Christmas Day. You remember the first time they played on Christmas Day in forever, and we all went crazy, like, "Oh my God!" Finally, got some respect. Uh, they finally get a a Christmas Day game, and now it's been six straight years. And when Giannis leaves, they probably won't see Christmas Day for another twenty years. Uh, but as of right now, uh, while they have Giannis, they get to play on Christmas Day, which is the day that everybody wants to play on—a day that. The NBA had owned until the NFL decided they wanted a piece of the action. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, talking about the Knicks, uh, I had a good conversation with Thibodeau uh, out at the summer league, and he, he's really pretty pumped up about his Knicks team. And one of the things that people aren't talking about is that the Knicks pretty much have their team in place now. I mean, they, they made some great additions. Uh, I, obviously, Brunson was a godsend. And then picking up Diva Senzo, I mean, certainly solidifies their bench. But I, I was talking to some people out there. They are convinced that the Knicks are eventually going to parlay some of these players. They got a ton of picks, and they're going to go for the big fish, whoever that might be, in like a year or two, and then really make you know a run at the uh, title. But interesting team they're uh, putting together uh, in the Big Apple. Thibodeau teams normally don't last very long with Thibodeau. Uh, there is a shelf life with teams that Tom Thibodeau coaches, just like there was with Scott Skiles, just like I believe there is with Jason Kidd. Some of these guys eventually just wear dudes out, and these dudes just start tuning them out after uh, a time. Now, that roster last year was relatively relatively kind of new, but Brunson was the big addition, obviously. We'll see how they come back and they play this year. Uh, under Thibodeau again. And if Brunson can be as good as he was last year, this year uh, as well, I think that's that's a big talking point. I think people look at the Knicks now and expect them to be a playoff team this year. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they go eight deep. And uh, again, you know, you can say what you want about Thibodeau. I, and, and, and understandably so. But I think he's mellowed a little bit. You know, in the recent years, he doesn't seem to be as intense. I mean, Basketball is that man's life. And I remember talking to an assistant coach a couple of years ago, and I asked him, well, what did you do last night? And he goes, well, I was in the office till midnight. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, Tom was still there, and that meant we're still there. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that that is 
he is a very good coach. I'm not questioning how good he is. I just think like a lot of coaches after a while, it gets old, you know, it gets four or five years in and, and guys kind of start hearing the same thing from the coach that they've always heard. They've heard the same rants. They've watched the man explode over the same things. They know what's going to come out of his mouth. And once you get to that point, it's kind of time to move on. And I'm not saying that's what happened with Bud in Milwaukee, where they kind of felt like, okay, it was maybe just time. It was just time. I, to get I think new that voice. was the case, though, Steve. I really do. I know you don't want to go out there, but I'll say it was. Uh, let, let, let's face it. If if Giannis wanted Mike Budenholzer to be coaching the Bucks this, this year, Mike Budenholzer would be coaching the Bucks. But this didn't year. he want Jason Kidd to stay? Uh, we, we can go into that, too, um, to a degree. But yeah. but my point is, it's like uh, they fired their lead broadcasters, right? ABC. Not who who did they fire? Mark Mark Jackson and uh, Van Gundy. Van Gundy. And I was talking to a guy from the NBA the other day, and they said, "Well, you know what? If uh, they wanted them to stay there, they could have stayed there. But obviously, there were other influencers that uh, determined that they weren't going to stay. So." Yeah, that's horrible. That was a really good broadcast crew. I'm not as sold on Burke uh, and Doc Rivers necessarily being all that good, uh, but we'll see. We'll see how this whole thing goes. I, I, I think anytime you essentially put two play-by-play people together, I'm not a fan of that in any booth, whether it's like baseball, the new group, the new basketball, tandem? football. What? You like the new tandem? No, I don't. I don't like Burke in there with Breen um, and Doc Rivers. I rather would have seen Doc Rivers with a former player um, or if Burke was going to be in it, then let her be the play-by-play and then let have two other former coach players or whatever else to do it. I, I don't – we'll see. We'll see how Doris Burke and Doc Rivers volley back and forth because that's gonna what's going to make the broadcast. When you have three people, A, I don't like three-person TV booths. I don't like three-person radio shows. I know the big show had 100 people. I know where they I, – I know that. But I was involved. So – for, for, and I'm saying that because I I wasn't listening, but apparently a lot of you really liked it, so that was good. I enjoyed doing it with Gary and Leroy. But my personal take is I don't like TV booths that have that many voices normally unless they're really, really good. And from the perspective of what they were, they were really good. Jackson and Van Gundy were able to poke fun at each other, were able to get mad and let it go and move on, um, gave you some analysis, gave you unique takes from a coach and a player perspective. That's what made that great. I don't know... What's going to separate this broadcast team from everybody else at this point? I, I don't. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And in, in, in talking about Jackson, you know, he, he it's it's no secret he wants to get back into coaching. They'll never yeah. allow it. But based on everything I I I've seen, he's never going to coach again. That's done. Well, um, you know, one of the things that I brought up with him in a conversation I had, I asked him if if you know he had any interest in coaching the Bucks when you know job came open and he said yes he was and i said well what happened he goes he never heard a word <laughs> no of course not. so i mean it, it looks like mark jackson's never going to coach again which is a shame I, I think they should give the man another shot but getting back to the uh, broadcast part I, I couldn't agree with you more I, I thought they were really good they played off each other they, they brought a sense of humor they took shots at each other yep and and, and it was just Good TV, you know? So I don't know why. Once you decided, okay, we want Doc, well, then just let Mark Jackson stay. Let Mark Jackson and Doc go back and forth and let Breen be the play by play guy uh, and go. I don't, I don't know. 
I'm not the one in charge of doing that TV stuff. I've never been in TV from an executive standpoint, so I have no clue what their thinking is. But it's the same thing I kind of like say about the Brewers broadcast. Hey, Bob Euchre is going to retire here at some point. Uh, no and way. So far, so far <laughs> to this point, th- what they've decided to do from the Brewers broadcast, radio broadcast is just a bunch of play-by-play dudes. With all due respect, it's it's just not great. It's not bad. It's just kind of meh. Right? It's okay. It's nothing special. But Euchre was entertaining. That was the entertaining part of it. McLaughlin and Paschke, they were entertaining. Because, again, you had storytelling, McLaughlin's emotions, everything going on with it. That was entertaining. That made it it fun. And you don't have that right now. Now we've got just a Marcus Johnson I love. I, I think he can be very entertaining. But I, I think Marcus Johnson is a hell of a broadcaster. Yes, very, very good. And, Love and Marcus to Johnson. be honest with you, you know, you're only good as your supporting cast. And I think there have been times in the past where the supporting cast hasn't been great. And but I, I mean, this guy is articulate. He's got yep. a ton of stories to tell. And uh, you know, it, from my perspective, he should be on national TV. Yes, no, right. Not there. You go. Let Marcus Johnson go sit in the booth with Doc Rivers and Mike Breen. And let's see what that looks like. Now, that's not going to happen because Marcus Johnson is in Milwaukee. They're not going to take the Bucks analyst in Milwaukee and exactly. put him on national exactly. TV in the booth. But that's a hell of a good idea. That That's what they should do. They should give him a chance. They give Brian Anderson a chance to do, you know, national baseball and national basketball and all this other stuff. The Brewers announcer, I mean, he's down to, what, 25, 26 Brewers games a year or something like that. Uh, but he's still traveling all around. Let Marcus Johnson have a shot at that thing. I wonder if well, they even. I wonder if he, Marcus had even talked to them at all at any point about that, or maybe he doesn't uh, have any I'm interest. Sure you know, but I mean, historically, that's that's been the story with the NBA and and the networks. They they take guys in their backyard, you know, East Coast guys, and uh, you know, if you you could be the greatest broadcaster in the world, but if you live in Cleveland, Detroit, Milwaukee, Chicago, Kansas City, et cetera, you don't have a prayer in hell. Yep, looking for the major networks. Yep, I hear you. He is Gary Wolfel. Follow him on Twitter at Gary Wolfel. Buy uh, one of those Lindy Sports magazines when they come out. He's got how many pieces? How many previews did you write in that thing? Eight or nine? I did nine previews, and uh, I will tell you, I I did a uh, feature story or a sidebar, I should say, on Adrian Griffin, who was very candid about you know his his situation. He he knows he's going to be under you know extreme pressure. And uh, I think it's a good read. So, yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, we didn't talk about this, but since you brought up Adrian Griffin again, can you ever remember another situation where a pro team of any kind brought back two former head coaches to be assistant coaches for another person? I mean, Prunty was the interim head coach after Kid mm-hmm. was here. And then in a completely different era of Bucks basketball, Terry Stotts was the head coach. And now both sitting back on on the sidelines as assistants to a guy that's never been a head coach. Like I, I was floored by both of those hires. Yeah, and that, that's one of the topics uh, I address in this article. Um, it is very unusual, uh, but Adrian obviously has waited for this opportunity. You know, it's crazy though. Usually, when when a guy gets his first job, it's with a bad team. You know what I mean? Right. And, and they're gone within two years. Yep. And, and and Adrian's one of the few guys, maybe the only guy that's been given the keys to a, a very good team. 
But yet, this team is at the very end of its window, I believe. I mean, the window for winning a title is is very small now. But, um, you know, it just intensifies the pressure on him. He, he knows he has to win, and he has to win big. So uh, I, I hope he does, because I, I think Adrian's a, a terrific guy. He's, uh, I've known him for a long time. He, he's got impeccable character. Um, I know the players love him. Coaches that worked with him love him. So I, I wish nothing but the best for, you know, Adrian Griffin. As Bucks fans, the regular season doesn't count for majority of people anymore. Correct. A lot of Bucks fans just wait for the regular, wait for the postseason. Yeah, they'll see if they, when they're playing the Celtics, they'll watch or the Heat or LeBron or whatever. Those bigger games, they'll tune on. Before it was watching every game because you're fighting to get to the eighth seed and every game mattered if you're going to make the playoffs or not. And now it's like, ah, eh, whatever. I don't care for the one seed, two seed, three seed. Who cares? Just win when you get to the playoffs. That's all that really matters. That's when Bucks fans really get all in. Um, and this in-season tournament, I don't think that's really going to help Bucks fans get in. We'll talk about it on the Green and Growing podcast, obviously. Uh, but I, I don't know how many more Bucks fans that pulls in during the football season. And that is the goal by the NBA, obviously to try and draw fans away from the NFL and get in front of people more because really until the NFL is done, the NBA is ignored in large part on these national broadcasts uh, across the mm-hmm. country. Gary, thanks so much for coming on. Follow me at Gary Wolfel, wolfelspressbox.com. And you follow me at Sparky radio as well. And uh, Gary was just up at Packers training camp practice, uh, the joint practice of the Patriots. He's got some Packers stuff up there. You can check out as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. My thanks to Gary Wolfel. Marzian will be back on Monday for the next one. Toodles.